the Rangers injured All-Stars are looking more like themselves. The Rangers actually got a save from their bullpen. We're talking about all that more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a criminally addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including five as the host and founder of the Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making us your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on that YouTube button and comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Wednesday, September 20th. Your Rangers are 83-68, and 68, holding that third wildcard spot. Well, just half a game back of those stinking Houston Astros who keep on losing in the AL West. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, yesterday the Rangers... They got their, their big bats back in the lineup, or I guess I should say Monday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, doing the, the math there is it's always difficult in my head. But the Rangers got Josh Young and Adoles Garcia back, and that really amounted to uh, not a whole lot in the first game that those two were back. They made some decent defensive plays and had some okay at-bats. Josh Young hit, hit some balls hard, but it looked like Adoles Garcia was still pushing, still looking like he had before he got injured as a guy who was expanding its own, going back to some of the bad habits that he had last year and in years prior. But in this game, these three guys just had some of the best at-bats, some of the most impactful at-bats that the Rangers had all night long in a huge, huge 6-4 to win. And the Rangers needed every single bit of of those six runs. They need every single bit of their all-stars in their lineup of Adoles Garcia with his solo home run. It has a career-high 101 RBIs. It's, it's kind of wild. It felt like he would have had more. And the last RBI that he had was that walk-off home run, which feels kind of nuts that that's the last one that he had before this one, but um, that's kind of where this team is at this point. Adoles Garcia had his 35th home run of the season, which is a career high. They also got a pair of doubles from Jonah Heim and a big RBI single from Josh Young and some great defense from Josh Young. I mean, Josh Young, just take a freaking bow. This kid is incredible. This guy was just very unheralded and honestly rightly so for his defense at third base it was nothing spectacular i've watched this guy play defense a lot i watched him a lot in college i watched him play shortstop because texas tech didn't have any other shortstops and he was serviceable there as a college shortstop but when you've got like a 18 billion ops then you can play pretty much anywhere if, if you're passable there because you're just going to make hit enough to make up for it but his defense was not going to be his carrying tool and at this point like it just about might be I mean, the Rangers were fans have been so spoiled, myself included, with phenomenal third base defense for such a long time with Adrian Beltre. Like, we were just so incredibly spoiled by it. And the fact that they went from that to one incredible year of Isaiah Kainer-Falefa defense at third base. Now, I, I know the rest of the, the things with IKF. But his defense that year, in 2020, he won a gold glove. He won a platinum glove. Like, he was just absolutely phenomenal. And then since then, it's been a, a big old bucket of mid. And I'm glad there's been some 
some separators between Adrian Beltre and the next cornerstone third baseman for the Rangers. I mean, we, for a while, I thought it was going to be Joey Gallo, but then he moved to the outfield, and that ended up being the move for him. I mean, we thought it was going to be Josh Young for a while, but, I mean, there's the reason why the Rangers had a big bag of mid at third base for the last couple of years. It's because Josh Young was going to be up for the last couple of years, but just random injuries have sidetracked him time and time again, unfortunately. But, I mean, now, when he's back and healthy in this lineup, I mean, he is just such an impact with his glove and with his bat getting an RBI single the first pitch from a right-handed reliever coming in I thought oh it's such a bummer because Josh Young is so incredibly good against left-handed pitching and and the Red Sox brought in a lefty to face three batters hit Marcus Simeon with the pitch which is a really scary moment I think he ended up staying in the game I think he's okay got him on the elbow just off that elbow guard which was just really Really terrifying moment. The Rangers have six injured All-Stars this year. I think I'm going to scream and pull my hair out and, um, I don't know, set something on fire, maybe a trash can or a piece of paper, something small. I don't know. No no big arson, but at least a little bit of arson. If the Rangers have six injured All-Stars, if the Iron Man of Marcus Simeon gets hurt on a stupid hit-by-pitch in this game. Um, But Josh Young did not wait. Saw a first-pitch fastball they liked, drove it right up the middle. Just a great piece of hitting from a very well-disciplined hitter. He did have three strikeouts in this game. Not the best at-bats in general. When it it counted in the big moments, he he came through for this Rangers team, as did pretty much everybody in this lineup. This was such a team lineup win, and including Adoles Garcia, who had a phenomenal 10-pitch walk, the at-bat, or I guess plate appearance, technically, of the night, because it immediately was preceded by a Jonah Heim RBI double, and then an RBI single from Leo Tavares, who rallied after going down 0-2 in a count. I mean, Leo Tavares reached base three times in this one, a couple of walks, and that RBI single, like just Absolutely massive. Eight walks for the Rangers in this game. Eight walks, seven hits, six runs scored, and a three for ten with runners in scoring position. They did leave ten on base, including stranding the bases loaded. But still, the Rangers did what they needed to do. They rallied even though they were behind. They were down 3-1 after a shaky third inning from Nathan Ivaldi, which a slightly better play by Josh Young. I know it raved about his defense, but a slightly better play on a very tough ball, honestly. Could have gotten them out of the inning unscathed, but Nathan Ivaldi was not able to work out of that trouble. But again, this lineup picking each other up and picking up the bullpen, who... The Rangers honestly did not help with their defense. An error by Corey Seager on what could have been a double play, or at least could have been, should have been, one out. A kind of rough way for Corey Seager these last four games. He was over, had an 0 for 15 stretch, which was by far the longest stretch of the season, but did get a run and did get a single, a nicely hit ball that he very much needed and was rung up in a very tough spot that got Bruce Bochy all hot and bothered. He was struck out twice, including a couple of really questionable pitches in a situation where we had runners on first and second with no outs. And Bruce Bochy remembered that. And when his pitcher, Andrew Heaney, did not get the benefit of the doubt on what was honestly a questionable call, probably the correct call for ball four, in a full count that could have been a strikeout and could have gotten, it could have helped him get out of this in Andrew Heaney in that seventh inning. Um, Bruce Bochy knew it was time. It didn't look like whatever he did was demonstrative at first, 
but it was enough to get him thrown out. And then he comes and gets his money's worth, which, you know, like Josh Young said in the postgame interview, it, it lit a fire under their butts. This team needed that fire under their butts because in the bottom of the seventh inning, the Rangers, it was a tie game, and the Rangers scored two runs, two crucial, crucial runs, including a basis loaded walk by Jonah Heim. Just exceptional at bat after exceptional at bat by this entire team working counts taking walks taking what they will give you and passing the baton on to the next guy and trusting that he is going to get the job done that is what this offense did so well when it's clicking that's what it did well in toronto that's what it did well early in the season in the middle of the season when this lineup is clicking it is because there are so many guys in there that have absolute trust in each other to get the job done every single time and that is incredibly huge and that is what is going to help carry this team if they do make it to the playoff if they do some damage that is going to be the reason why they do it coming up we're going to look at the start by nathan eovaldi and this bullpen holding up as well as white langford's incredible triple a debut but first let's word from our sponsors This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. The MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on a chance to win 100 times your money on your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now, with studs like, I don't know, Adolis Garcia, Josh Young, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. Are you betting on a big start by John Gray tomorrow against the Red Sox? Well, the Rangers sure need it. And if you are thinking about doing that, then use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit on Sleeper. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Shout out to the Airdaters for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be breaking down the final game of this series with Boston. The Rangers take on the Red Sox this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers had Nathan Eovaldi back on the hill today, and while he didn't have his best stuff, he did he did battle. And by not having his best stuff, I mean, he really did not have his best stuff in this one. His fastball was averaging 93.6 miles an hour. Yet again, the velocity is still way down from the season average of 95.3 miles an hour. That's 1.7 mile an hour lower on the average fastball. The cutter was down one and a half miles an hour. Slider was down one and a half miles an hour. Curveball and splitter were both down one mile an hour each. I mean, the, the fastest fastball he threw was 95.5 miles an hour, and his yearly average is 95.3. This is exactly what happened with him last year in Boston. Whenever he came back from injury, he just was not the same. The velocity was not the same, and he was able to work around some, some walks, but he only had three strikeouts in this one, also had three walks, also hit a batter, like just not the cleanest, not the cleanest for him, like just not super great for him. Um, and it's starting to make me concerned because the Rangers need the best version of Nathan Eovaldi, not the mediocre version. But I will give him credit. This is a tough lineup. This is a lineup full of dudes that battle. And I was bashing it on yesterday's show, but honestly, it is a pretty decent and, and fairly deep lineup with some pretty good hitters all the way up and down it. And he only had one inning that really got away from me. It was the third inning. And again, if not for that double boy that could have been turned, maybe or at least a, a little bit better, but it, he he kind of got himself into that situation with the walks, which is, again, not a thing we saw a lot with Eovaldi when he was at his best, but the Rangers, thankfully Jordan Montgomery is going incredibly well. The Rangers like just really desperately need John Gray to pull out of the tailspin that he's been in the last few starts, but with John Gray, 
he's such a mystery box that you really never know if it's going to be a great start or a bad start. Like it's just, he is kind of uh, mid. Like, I don't mean that as a pejorative. I mean that as a, like his highs are so high, his lows are so low that they kind of equal out to about mediocre, which the Rangers could use a four, five, maybe six game hot streak from John Gray because he's got three starts left in the regular season. We'll see how many he gets in the postseason. And the Rangers just need Evaldi to be his fully healthy self. He threw 80-something pitches in this one, uh, 82 pitches, 48 of them for strikes. That is that is not the Nathan Evaldi that the Rangers saw in the first half. That is not the Nathan Evaldi that was a Cy Young, if not like contender, favorite for basically the first half of the season and uh the rangers are, are in trouble they don't have any top tier a1 game one starters this if nathan evaldi is this he he is not going to be able to you know give you the kind of postseason performances that the rangers are hoping for from him you don't have max scherzer you don't have jacob Degrom. you don't really know what you're getting from from john gray Andrew Heaney is not in the rotation anymore. Martin Perez is not in the rotation anymore. Dane Dunning is capable of some decent starts, and I think he's going to get some postseason starts. But, I mean, right now, the elite members of your rotation are kind of just Jordan Montgomery, and that is a spooky, scary place to be in, and that is not what the Rangers are wanting. I mean, I don't know if Evaldi is going to find his velocity magically at the end of this year. I, I don't. He can pitch through it, and he can kind of work around some stuff. But, I mean, if you're not striking guys out and you're walking guys and you're giving up hard contact, then that is not a recipe for success in the playoffs. And the Rangers need – their combination for, for wins, their their routine was have good starting pitching, have really good lineup, and it, survive with the bullpen. And you can't really survive with the bullpen with how bad it's been. And you need – two of those three components to be very very good and even then it still might not be enough to go deep into october now this is the first year this will be the rangers just breaking out of that playoff drought which hopefully they can do i mean the aos is still very winnable with how mediocre the astros and the rangers and the mariners have all been over the last three weeks like it has been a real mid-off in the aos but the rangers desperately need a better version of Iwali than they got tonight. It is it is clutch, and I'm not demeaning him for saying this is a bad performance. It's, it's not a great one, but given the context, he gave the Rangers, he did enough to win. But when he is your number one starter, and he is the guy that you were hoping for, um, like you just, goodness, lightning almost just crashed down on me and <laughs> took me out. So hopefully it doesn't kill my recording um, or kill my power, but... Um, still alive and not on fire so i think we're doing okay but anyway um i think that was uh, the lord agreeing with me that the rangers need nathan Evaldi to find to be struck by lightning in his arm and you know recover that velocity that he had early on in the season because that is such a huge huge key for him whenever he has got the velocity it sets up everything so much better like it really just makes an entire world of difference for how deep he can pitch in these games and Again, the Rangers got their offense. They, I know people have been bemoaning, complaining about the offense being inconsistent. Well, they're just not going to score 10 runs every night. They're doing an offense like this, um, where you score six runs, your starting pitcher goes five and gives up three earned runs, that's that's acceptable. 
but it's especially acceptable when you have a bullpen that is as much maligned as ever. And uh, if you didn't listen to le- yesterday's show, I really, really gave them a good good what for. Probably the the most uh, vicious rant I think I've ever gone on on this show in the nine hundred and twenty three episodes now of this Ranger podcast. I've really gave it to this bullpen, and you know maybe they listen because they sure as shoot turned it around in a fantastic performance. We're going to talk about what they did well and a phenomenal debut from Wyatt Langford in AAA. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then, Jace will send you your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by giving, getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Shout out to the everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On Friday, she'll be talking about this week on the farm and looking ahead at this massive, massive weekend series against Seattle. The Rangers take on the Red Sox this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, I've completely buried the lead because the bullpen went four innings, did not allow a single earned run. Not a single earned run, just one unearned run. And not only that, but they only allowed one hit and one walk, and the other base runner reached on an error. And outside of that, this bullpen was perfect. Now, just let that sink in after yesterday's uh, incredible ranting and raving and, you know, the entirety of this season, the amount, the insane, overwhelming just ungodly unbelievable amount of blown saves like mathematically like they have to get one every once in a while and that they did in this one they stepped up big in a big moment let this team get back into it and even when their defense let them down with that Corey Seager error and um some umpiring let them down with not a great outing from Heaney but you know, could have been better. He allowed the double. That was bad. That was not great. He also walked one. He also allowed um, an error, which not really his fault, but he also struck out one. But, I mean, the rest of this bullpen finally doing their job. And um, for all the crap that I've given Aroldis Chapman, this this was an exceptional performance. The Rangers hadn't pitched him in a long time, and he had a or ERA around eight in his last seven appearances before this one. And a lot of them had come in non-safe situations because the Rangers just hadn't had a lot of leads lately. Or if they had leads, they haven't been close leads. Like all of those wins in in Toronto, thankfully for my health, they were not close wins. They were just big blowouts where the Rangers didn't have to throw their best relievers and you know have them in high leverage situations. But Credit to Rawls Chapman. He came through in a big way in this one, an inning in two-thirds, three strikeouts. Like, just looked very, very good. Very—this this is the guy you traded for. 
<clears throat> the Rangers knew that their bullpen was crap. They, they knew it was bad all year long, and they made trades for two relievers. One of them was Chris Stratton, who's been just up and down and just okay. He's a mid-reliever. He's not a setup man. He's not the guy that you're wanting to throw in the eighth inning where you know, you're in a, a huge, huge leverage situation, but he has become that because the rest of the Rangers' pen has been so problematic. And you traded Cole Reagans, who might win a Cy Young, for all this Chapman for one season. And there have been a lot of ups and downs, but if you're going to have him, you might as well use him. You already bring in whatever, you know, off-the-field issues that he has and, you know, that people might have issues with and whatever clubhouse issues that he had of just basically quitting on the Yankees last year and being left off the postseason roster, like, you already brought that in, so you might as well freaking use him. If you're going to have a guy who throws 100 billion miles an hour and gets a million strikeouts per nine innings, then just go ahead and freaking use him in the leverage situations. And that they did, and they needed him for an inning two-thirds. He doesn't throw multiple innings a lot of times, very often at all. The Rangers actually said they were going to stop doing that for him. But since he'd only pitched, what, three times in the last, like, 10 days or whatever it was at this point. I mean, he pitched on the 12th in Toronto and on the 9th versus Oakland. And before that, I think it was the 6th was the last time he was used. So he's got a lot of time left to be rested. And the Rangers need him down the stretch. They need him um, in a lot of games. They're going to need him in these close games because there's not a whole lot of leverage levers. And you know what? One leverage lever they did have, who was absolutely incredible, was Jose freaking LeClerc. Comes in, gets a perfect ninth inning, no drama, no walks, no base runners at all. Just strikeouts, just soft contact, and just so stress-free, which is not very Jose Leclerc-like. And I, I think I think he gets a little bit more shtick than he should. Than he should, honestly. Leclerc he came in as the Rangers closer, and um, you know he's got a decent stats on the year. Honestly, they were fine heading into this one. He had pitched in 51 games, 50 in the third innings, 57 strikeouts, 27 walks, so just under five per nine, 10 Ks per nine. Like that's that's honestly really good in a 3.04 ERA. And now I believe it is down to yes, 2.98. So a sub three ERA. But when Jose the Clerk is bad, it is incredibly mind numbing and frustrating to watch because he is not in the strike zone. It's the same thing with Roldis Chapman. When Roldis Chapman is bad, well. Chapman's giving up more home runs than Jose Leclerc is. There are a lot more just absolutely monster shots because when you're throwing 101, it's a lot easier to turn around and and take it out when the fastball is doing a lot, uh, generating a lot of that power for you. But this was just an incredible outing for him. He averages 95 miles an hour on his four seamer in on the year, but tonight it was up to 96.9 miles an hour. Nice up 1.9 miles an hour average velocity on that four-seamer. He only threw it three times, but he was bringing the freaking gas in this one. And the slider was also way up. He only threw nine. He only needed nine pitches to get through that inning of work. Nine, inning, nine pitches, one strikeout, a save. A rare, rare save for this bullpen, just his third in this one. But the slider was up 1.9 miles an hour on average as well. Change up. 0.4 miles an hour. He literally only threw it once, but man, this looked like a guy that was just supremely jazzed up for the ninth inning. He said it in that game. I believe it was in, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I think it might, I think it might've been Toronto, wherever it was when he came in and got, I believe it, what was his last, his most recent save. I know it was against the Mets where he said, Oh, I, 
I didn't think I was coming in in the ninth inning. I thought that I was coming in like in the eighth inning. But they put me in there, and he did well, and he converted the save, and he said, yeah, I want to I wanna do that more often. A lot of people took that to mean, oh, well, he doesn't want it. No, he wants it. He was just confused by it. He didn't know what his role was, which it's hard to blame him because I don't think anybody knows what their role is in this bullpen. It's just like, dear God, somebody do something good. Please, somebody do something good. And I, I really like the creativity to use Andrew Heaney in – that late inning role in that late inning high leverage role. And I, I, if it had worked out and I, and he had gotten a a scoreless inning and hadn't been pulled early. I also like the move to pull him early and put in or Chapman, because when you got guys on second and third and one out and you need a strikeout badly, you need a Chapman in there. That is what you got him for. And that is exactly what he delivered in that situation, which was just absolutely ginormous. But I think Jose the Clerk moving forward, we've talked about Araldis Chapman's struggles as the actual closer in actual safe situations. I, I think those are well-founded and warranted. But throwing him in like the seventh or eighth inning, whenever whenever it's highest leverage and you need strikeouts in the worst way, I think putting him in there is a great, great move. Now the Clerk, I think he thrives much more when he's given his own clean inning. So I think him being the actual closer coming in in the ninth inning in a safe situation, I think that might be his best role. Because again, we've talked about how so many other guys in this bullpen are just shattered, just absolutely shattered confidence-wise. And I don't think Jose Leclerc is. And I think that part of the reason also why Rangers fans give him so much stick and are so frustrated with him is because when he first came up back in 2016 and even in 2018, 18. Um, he was really just absolutely incredible. It is his first year in the big leagues as a 22 year old. He pitched in 12 games in 2016. He had a 180 ERA, 15 innings, 15 strikeouts, did have 13 walks in there. But in 2018, that's when he really took it to a whole nother level. 57 and two thirds innings, 12 saves for him in that 2018 season as a 24 year old. He also had 85 strikeouts, 13.3 Ks per nine and just 3.4 walks per nine with a one 56 ERA. That's when the Rangers gave him this deal that he currently deal that he has. Um, and he looked fantastic. Even last year when people were bemoaning him in a big, big way after coming off of, I believe it was Tommy John surgery. Cause he hadn't pitched. He only pitched you know two games in 2020 and didn't pitch in 2021. I can't remember exactly what the injury was, but I'm pretty sure it was Tommy John surgery for him and for John Hernandez. Hernandez's command just never came back. And LeClerc's has also been shaky this year. He's got 4.8 walks per nine, which is somehow below his career average of 5.2. But He's always going to strike guys out. He is always going to induce that weak contact. He has got very, very good stuff. And I think that putting him in that closer role, it's not ideal. And it's going to be, there can be some wild rides. He's going to walk some guys. He's going to allow some contact and he might blow some saves. But I think that right now he is your best option as a closer because, again, the options are pretty freaking slim at this moment, I don't think you can keep running Will Smith out there with this four and a half ERA. I don't think that's getting better. I don't think Brock Burke is getting better in high leverage situations. I don't think Jonathan Hernandez is going to stop walking everybody, unfortunately. Um, but I think that this is the move going forward. Uh, it's not going to be perfect. It's definitely not going to be perfect. Nothing about this bullpen is, and you still got to get to Leclerc in that save situation. You got to have other guys come through, which again, Chris Stratton did with his perfect inning in the sixth. And for the most part, this bullpen did its work. And I think Heaney in more of those situations could be the move, but I think 
and I'm saying this and I, I feel the, the just shudders that I feel, but I think Jose Leclerc needs to be your closer moving forward. I kind of trust him. I trust him more than what else is out there, which isn't saying a whole lot, but hey, he did the job. This bullpen did the job tonight, got the win when they desperately needed it. The Houston is an absolute tailspin right now. The Mariners are about to close out the A's unless they score six runs in the bottom of the ninth inning or five to keep it alive. I don't really see that happening. But still, this is a good win. The Rangers need it. They're going to need a great performance from John Gray tomorrow. And in the future, they're going to need some great performances from Wyatt Langford, who at this point might just be called up freaking tomorrow because his AAA debut was absolutely fantastic. He He took six swings. Five of those were put into play, or were balls put into play. I believe one of them was fouled off. Maybe he had, uh, yeah, no, he fouled one off. So he had literally zero swings and misses. Um, just absolutely incredible. Four for five with a double and four singles, including one single that was hit 106.4 miles an hour and a double that was hit 111.5 miles an hour. His first game at AAA, just absolutely no big whoop. Like, what the heck? The Raiders got so incredibly lucky having Wyatt Langford fall to them at the number four pick. Like he was very clearly one of the top three guys in this in this draft, and looking like he might be the best freaking one in this draft. And it, it might not be particularly close. We'll we'll see how those high school kids end up being, and how good Paul Skeens ends up ends up being. But like, I mean, my goodness. And I've been saying over and over again that like, no, you can't call up Wyatt Langford. That is so reactionary. He is 21 years old. He doesn't turn 22 until November. And he's had, like, less than, fewer than 50 professional baseball games that he's played. Uh, but he just keeps hitting. He just keeps showing command of the strike zone. He just keeps showing that he is a completely complete hitter. And no level of professional pitching has shaken his confidence in himself. Like, he just might be the Rangers' game one left fielder, like, in the playoffs this year. Like, that's the kind of insane level he's on and i have been saying for so long that no you cannot be the angels and that you cannot call up your guy way too early and you know screw him up we we saw what the rangers did to a couple minor league players when they called him up way too early in 2020 but that's with normal players Wyatt langford doesn't appear to be a normal prospect like putting on this kind of insane showing you just don't really almost ever see it like he might be the top prospect in baseball right freaking now like he might be ahead of jackson holiday the teenage shortstop phenom for the orioles who's 19 and in triple a and got drafted a, a little over a year ago like that's kind of bonkers but Wyatt langford might be better he might be better than you know whoever the rangers are trying out there in left field right now and evan carter like he's definitely got a lot more power he doesn't I don't think he provides nearly as much defensive value. I haven't seen him, his, his defensive roots very much. Um, but like these at bats, I mean, if you could put that bat in your lineup, you might just be back to old fashioned Rangers baseball of outslug everybody. Just pretend like it's 2001 again. And this lineup is absolutely insane. I mean, who knows? I am so excited for that kid's future. What a freaking debut. What a win for the Texas Rangers and incredibly incredibly needed in the worst possible way but still have yourself a day white langford have yourself a day texas rangers bullpen have yourself a day adoles garcia josh young jonah heim what a freaking day what a win and 
what a way for Bruce Bochy to come up and stick up for his players and them to immediately have his back. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy Playoff Chase, Texas Rangers baseball.